last time we spoke on 3 things about the winning prayer or the winning prayer and 3 keys today i want to specially share with us on the true sign of faith the true sign of faith what is the true sign of faith what is the true sign of faith what does the lord see as a true sign of faith as a testament of our faith what proves to god that we believe what proves to god that we believe how does he know because you know it's it's more about what he thinks than what we think You know, you read the Old Testament, you always um, see, and he did what was good in the sight of the Lord. Now that's important. Because that's righteous judgment. It's what the Father thinks. You know, someone may be living a certain way and it's good to them. They don't see nothing wrong with it. But the question is, how does God see it? Does God really think he's living a good life? What's God's testament? For example, read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 about Enoch. See? And we read that he had a good testimony before God. See, there's a testimony. God testified. He was a good man. So what matters the most all the time is God's opinion, God's judgment, God's remark. Because he is the father of lights. He is the truth. He reveals. He determines what is darkness and what is light. He determines what is good and what is bad. He's the judge. He's the standard. And that's why Christ is the perfect standard or example but today i want to share with you the true sign of faith meaning what does god really see as a representation of faith what does he really see as a testament of faith does god see me as a person of faith what does he look at to determine what is the factor of factors that he puts into consideration when he says oh this person is a person of faith. Because people could call you something doesn't mean that God feels the same way about you. Jesus said, I don't receive testimony of men. See, people wanted to cleave to him. People said all sorts of things about him. He said, I don't receive testimony of men. See, because he knew what was in man. That's what John says. So he didn't attach himself to anybody on the earth. But the father's testimony was the most important to him. See, so he said, it's written. I've come to do thy will, O oh God. See, he cared about the Father's will, the Father's opinion, the Father's judgment, the Father's view. How does God see me? What does he think of my life? So he says, I don't receive testimony of man. So, you see, because James also tells us how that with the same mouth we bless God and curse men. So, how do you trust people, a person, or a thing that in itself is a paradox or is contradictory. 
But there is one that's unchanging. There's one who sees in truth. Without any darkness in him. And it's the most high God. And you know, just as Jesus said that he doesn't receive testimony of men. When you came into Christ, the Bible says that your praise is not of man, but your praise is of God. Meaning you have that same testimony. So your testimony, your report, what could be used to define you is not of men. It's God. So you see, my praise is of God, meaning my my rejoicing. You see, he says, we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That's who we are. So when you come into Christ, it's important that you start to see through God's eyes and learn to judge by him, to relate with life the way he does. How does he see it? So what is the true sign of faith? What is the true sign of faith? Upon what mark is faith judged? So, like I said, it's important that we look at this scripturally. And this will be the major portion, Luke chapter 18. And I've got it up here for you. Luke chapter 18 from verse 1. Okay. Let's look at this. It says, And he spake a parable, Jesus <clears throat> he spake a parable unto them to this end, that is for this purpose. Now you see that it's italicized, meaning it's not in the original, but was put there to aid understanding. But even without it, you would still understand. He says, And he spake a parable unto them that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now look at that. That men ought always, are always meant to pray and not to faint. That means not to give up, not to lose heart. Not to lose heart, not to faint, not to give up. So you're always meant to pray and not give up. So if you feel like giving up, he says the right thing to do is to pray. James says, are you going through a hard time? Let that person pray. Now he's explaining this parable, he's giving this parable, and look what look what look look what it says. You see, part of why these meetings, these Thursday meetings, are, are really I'm going to be majoring on, on the subject of prayer. Because it's important. And Jesus says, men ought always to pray. So if we're meant to always be praying, we might as well educate ourselves on the subject of prayer. So that our praying can be made effectual. Hallelujah. So from verse 2. Saying. There was in a city a judge. Now I want you to paint this picture. There was in a city a judge. That's a ruler. Which feared not God. Neither regarded man. Says he didn't care about God. And he didn't have anything for man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him. This widow came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge me, O king. 
And he would not for a while. This king, you remember, he doesn't care about God, doesn't have any reverence for God, and he doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't listen to anybody. Nobody tells him what to do. He doesn't see, he's no respecter of persons, quote unquote, you see. So he says, and he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Because she troubles me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. She'll get me tired. I'll be worn out by her continually disturbing and talking about this adversary. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Hear what he said. That is, look at his remark. So evidently we see from the story that this widow said, avenge me. And she kept coming to him even though he wasn't listening. It wasn't like he was not budging for a while. But he eventually said, let me do it. Lest she would get me tired, weary me out by her continually coming. You see, so she wasn't going to give up. And Jesus said, take note of the remark of the judge. Take note of what he said. Verse 7, and shall not God... I love the way he teaches. And shall not God avenge his own elect, his own people, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? He says, won't God avenge his own elect, his own people, which cry day and night unto him, even though he bears long with them, that is, even though he takes a while? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily, speedily, quickly. Then he says something interesting. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Boy, I love this scripture. He says, I tell you that God would avenge them speedily, quickly, as they cry unto him day and night, even though it took a while. Because of their persistence, because of their continually mentioning this thing before him. He says he would avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? I'm sure by now that you have already understood what really is the sign of faith. How does God measure our faith? Of course, we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hence why I'm teaching on the subject of prayer. So that your faith in the subject of prayer or in prayer, which will be demonstrated by your act, acting, right? By praying, would be built. But he says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith in the earth? Now, now what is faith? Simply put, it's believing, believing upon some mark that is not apparent to the senses. Now, he says that will he find faith in the earth? But the purpose of this parable was to talk about prayer. And he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. So he says, if you're fainting, if you're losing heart and not praying, he's saying, that's not a testament that you have faith. In fact, if you read this in the New King James, he says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he really find faith in the earth? Meaning that you could almost think 
that you had faith. But he says, would he really find faith in the earth? Meaning that there's something he is looking for, but is he going to find it? What he really describes as faith. You see, I want you to have this understanding towards prayer. We don't pray to get faith. Prayer is a testament of our faith. It's a testament of our believing. If we are not praying, it means we don't believe. We stopped believing. So he says, shall he find faith? Would he find faith? Would he really find faith? Would he find prayerful people? Why? Because prayer is our interaction with the unseen realm. It's our participation in divinity. It's our exercise of beyond the natural. So, is he going to find people operating in the supernatural? Is he going to find people actively working in the spirit when he comes to the earth? And he said, the proof is not to tell me, Lord Jesus, I have faith in you. He says, the proof of it is to pray. And not just any kind of prayer, but persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. He says, God would avenge them speedily. Boy, I'm inspired by people like King Hezekiah. As he partnered with Isaiah, and the Bible says, they cried unto the Lord, and their cries, their prayers were heard in the heavens. And that same night, the Lord came and slew thousands. He acted on behalf of the man who prayed. Who prayed earnestly. He came speedily to avenge. He didn't trust in chariots and horses. That was Hezekiah. His trust was in the Lord. I recount him as a man of prayer. And so when I read about such people, I'm inspired. I'm stared towards praying. And you see, your faith in prayer becomes more effectual and effective when you understand the why. See, why are we praying? It's a testament of our faith. Some people think that people who have, truly have faith don't need to pray. That's a lie. You see, that's a fleshly understanding that you can get. But you see, people, people that don't have faith or people that have faith and the thinking that they don't pray is wrong. Because if they don't have faith, what they will do is complain. The sign, people that don't have, they complain, they worry, they, they cry about things. But the one who has faith says, I have a heavenly father. I have someone who can act on my behalf. I've got someone who can avenge. You see, in, in times of trouble, you could be in, in a situation and then, oh, some people are panicking. Then this guy remembers he has such a connection with the boss of this or he has some some link with somebody and then he starts to make a phone call. Unlike the others who are complaining. That's why when Jesus taught about not worrying, he said, what? don't be of a doubtful heart, O ye of little faith. You know, don't, don't, be, don't be so worried about the things of this life, O ye of little faith. He said, don't you know about your heavenly father? Meaning that when you don't pray, when you don't talk about your things before God, you are, you are acting like an orphan. You're acting like you're fatherless. Meaning that there's, there's a response. There's a life you live because you have a heavenly father. But too many Christians are limited by the thinking of just their earthly connections. But you see, earthly connections fail. 
you may not have in the natural everything you need, but there is the creator of the universe. And he says your connection with him, your faith, which is the connection with him, is through prayer. So when you don't pray, it's not a sign that you believe. Why? Why would God put it this way? Hebrews 11, 6. He that cometh unto God must first believe. That's the first thing. So when you believe that he is, that's the first part. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why? Why? Why did he immediately follow it up with that? Because if you truly believe that he is, you would seek out this being. You would seek him out. You'd want to know about him. You'd want to know, what does he like? Who is he? What, what, what is he like? What does he want for my life? That's the proof. So when you seek the Lord in prayer, in the word of God, they are signs of your faith. Or it's the sign of your faith. Prayer. Prayer. The sign of your faith. When you stop praying, to God it's, it's a testimony. Like you don't believe anymore. Where is your faith? Situations come, and I find many, many people, they don't pray. They look, oh, there's nothing we can do now. They give up. No. If a non-believer is in a mess, and a Christian is in a mess, they should not have the same response. They should not have the same testimony, the same, the same course of action. No. There should be a difference. There should be a difference. Something striking. Oh, when he's in trouble, he starts to talk in tongues. He starts to speak this language. He says, I'm communicating with my father. The answer is coming. You see, these are testaments of your faith. And Philemon, you know, Paul wrote, he said, the, the communication of your faith, your participation in the fake life will become effectual, more and more effective. The more you acknowledge every good thing. One of the things is, I have a heavenly father. It's one thing to say, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And to pray to that good father in the day of trouble. So never think that faith is, or, or praying rather, is, is, I know he has little faith. No, no, no. Or, or that, oh, this praying thing. No. A lot of people are not seeing results from their prayers because they don't understand. You know, it, you, it takes faith to pray. You really have to believe to pray. For some people, prayer is a waste of time. You see, because they've not discovered the faith in prayer, the ability in prayer. So their, their prayers never get answered. But you see something about Jesus. He says, men ought always to pray and not to faint and not to give up. Could this be a reculturing for you, a retraining of yourself? When you are feeling discouraged, weighed down, you know, for me, it's, 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 an, it's like an auto-response. I used to explain to one of my friends that time that, you know, when things seem to, you know, they come to overwhelm me, it's like I feel a, a magnet in my knees. Literally, I feel a magnet in my knees. It's something, it's pulling me to the floor. See, because I've learned and cultured myself to... Respond by praying and not by worrying. By praying and not by being afraid. Oh, a thought of fear tried to grip your heart. 
Say no in the name of Jesus. I have the spirit of faith, the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound man. I don't fear. I don't fear. When situations come, you pray your way out of there. Oh, things seem to be going bad. You don't know what to do. Get to some praying. You see, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I always say the Holy Spirit teaches me life. He teaches me life. He teaches me how to deal in life, how to walk in life, how to act in life. That's what he does for me. He shows me that would lead me in the path of life. He said, he that follows after me will not walk in darkness. Meaning, he won't walk in confusion. He won't walk in, in nothingness, in unknownness. He would always know what to do. God's plan for you is always for you to know what to do. He doesn't want you clueless, stranded. No, take some time to pray. Pray. It's a sign of your faith. So, I want this to form, educate and inform our prayer lives. If you've not been praying, schedule, decide. Every day, I'm going to set out time to pray. Because you need it. And then you train yourself also to pray always, meaning remain in constant communication with God. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you. Oh, I, I, I pray. I pray a lot. I pray a lot. You see, you have to learn to pray. Put it in your life. Something you do. You pray. You pray. You pray. You pray. As you go through things, thank you, Father. Thank you. Always offering up the sacrifice of praise and thanks to God. I'm always thankful. Thankful. You see, you have to learn it. You have to learn it. I wish I had time to, you know, speak on it. But you have to learn some things. Always giving thanks. Because it says that's what saints do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the sign of your faith. And you know, when you start to pray more, your faith becomes more effectual, more effective. Because you're building, Jude says, on that most holy faith. And so you start to see greater results. The more you pray. Because it's a sign of faith. Prayerlessness is faithlessness. Prayerfulness is faithfulness. See? So you start to see greater results. And try it. The word of God is for, is for living, doing, experimenting. You try the word and it will always prove to be right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I pray, Father, I pray for each one of them and everyone who's going to listen to this. I pray, Lord, that you give them that spirit of prayer, that heart of prayer, of supplication. Of love for you, of love for prayer, of love for fellowship. May their prayer lives yield even greater results. Let their faith continue to bring forth fruit. Thank you. Thank you. Because we'll see even greater victories, greater testimonies of your love, of your power, of your greatness. Through a more effectual prayer life, the sign of our faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.